yeah, welcome back to another episode of what we, I think, we decided on the name. Did we, we lock that in? I couldn't find anything on Google for this name already having been taken, so <laughs> maybe we'll be back next week with another new name. But for now, I want to formally welcome everyone finally to 808s and Blast Beats. I think it's a solid name. I'm stoked on it. I, yeah, I mean, that's implied. <laughs> I don't know that that needs to be said. Yeah, alright. I'm super excited to jump into these two. It's been a little bit since we've recorded. Uh, with the kind of the way that the last couple ones fell. But none of them have been released yet, so it does not matter in the slightest. <laughs> I think I'm just going to drop all of them at once next year. And then we'll kind of keep going with it. But fun fact, while we are recording this, it is December 15th. 2020 it is every time i die day in buffalo new york yeah the city of buffalo new york has officially recognized december 15th as every time i die day after the band every time i die from buffalo yeah and this is the the third year that it is every time i die day yeah dude the hardcore band that literally has i, I think they actually straight up were given a key to the city yeah. Ooh. Am I not on black Twitter and that's why I don't understand that joke or <laughs> What's your opinion on Tory Lanes? I'm not I'm not super versed. Give me a give me a quick little snippet of each, and I'll expand if I feel like it's worth it. Oh, that's right, I forgot I did. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I did forget about that. <laughs> I guess that's better than like a crossbow. I think it, I, th I think if you're getting shot in the foot, I would think right. Like, obviously neither's great, but I mean, I ah, fuck, I don't know. That's close. Okay, controversial opinion. I feel like it shouldn't matter. <laughs> I feel like shooting someone in the foot should should kind of, you know, exclude you from some from some things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone liked him until he shot Megan Thee Stallion. I mean, until, I mean, I, I thought he was fine until I just heard he shot Megan Thee Stallion two minutes ago. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that there, dude. That the whole separate the art from the artist conversation is is one that 
is never going to go away, and it's one that I'm I'm sure we could have about plenty of the bands we're going to talk about on the show at some point. My overall opinion, if I had to give an overall opinion, is that it's it's so extraordinarily case by case, and varying from person to person. You know, like what specific things you want to excuse that. I'm not saying that you should separate as like a rule of thumb, but I think if you're going to like go into something as a, like a reviewer, I, I don't even know. I don't even want to commit to that, but I, I guess it just saying, I, I think that it varies so much that if, I, I guess that's a better way. It, it varies so much that if you're trying to just speak about the music, I think that it is not worth getting into. I don't know. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not, dude. I'm just not. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I guess to kind of clarify what I was saying, I guess, like, if I'm talking about an album just because I'm talking about it, I'm going to include that context. But if I'm talking about an album just as, like, a recommendation or, you know, like a review, like, I I tend to default towards leaving it out, even in cases where I personally don't listen to the album for that reason you know there's there's a lot of yeah because it's you know if it's five dudes yeah yeah uh no there's a shit ton you know nine inch nails buckethead Beartooth, youth fountain fucking yeah the four other guys just play it live caleb writes and records everything yeah controversial opinion i think that's why it sounds kind of samey sometimes anyway i'm just saying yeah see that's the thing right is that it's like it's it's like double or nothing you know yeah, it's because it's like there's there have been a lot of bands where it's like you did fucking what and then they just kick him out and it's totally fine, right? And even there have been some cases where that's happened and the band has like been in better reception because of it. And then there are times where it's like they knew the whole time, so then when like shit actually kind of falls in on everything, it's like everyone just looks so much worse. So yeah, it's it's hard to say. It's very very hard to give like a general thing because it's and there's also like. 
to some people it matters if it's like criminal or just shitty or not and some people it doesn't and then you kind of get into the whole like if they committed a crime and went to jail and had been released from jail like right now you're opening up a whole conversation about like should prisons be about uh rehabilitation or punishment it's a whole fucking thing so i'm just right exactly so not to right <laughs> yeah so so to just you know skip right past that um what have you been listening to lately anything standing out recently <laughs> yeah fuck them Okay. Uh, so it's like I'd have to get through like three or four other albums to understand it. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That's like, I'm, I'm playing the long con. We got like a year and a half till we start doing Bring Me the Horizon albums again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's the sister album to Folklore, right? I uh, I saw some chart that, that kind of cracked me up on, I don't know what the fuck I saw it, but it was like the swear words in each Taylor Swift album, you know? And it like, the, the, the graph explodes. For folklore and evermore you know it's like 10 times the swear words on her earlier stuff and then you see that the the graph tops out at like nine <laughs> right but she she does say uh she does say frick a couple times and i think that's you know notable Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's wild. Is it, uh, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and just from the way that the album artwork looks and from what I've been able to interpret, I'm guessing that that's leaning more on the, uh, for Emma bony there and less of the, okay. Yeah. It is that or it's less that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, cause I mean, just like the whole woodsy kind of vibe. Taylor Swift's contribution to that, is she shifting back more towards, like, her country stuff? Or is it, like, a whole new third thing from her, her early country or her pop stuff? 
All right, all right, ass, dude. Sorry, fuck. Just say that she's already doing it. God, God fuck, dude. Get off me, dude. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's kind of more my question. It's like, is it like country, like genuine country, like her early stuff? Or is it like the lo-fi indie do DMT in a cabin folky kind of stuff? I mean, as, as much as Taylor Swift is capable of DMT in a cabin, you know? <laughs> God, that's such a funny image. Not, nah, oh, dude, they should. Nah, it's eh, it's a deep dive, but it's a deep it's a deep dive, but I'm committing to it. They should they should redo that Lars von Trier movie where they're in the cabin for the whole time, but it's fucking Justin Vernon and Taylor Swift. Fuck me. <clears throat> Uh, it's, it's really not going to be that funny. <laughs> That's like, and I mean, we'd have to find a way to do it. You know, we'd have to find a movie that we could talk about as if it was an album convincingly enough, you know, maybe, I don't know. We'll pin it. We'll, we'll pin it. <coughs> um, I think it would be uh, yeah, it'd be better to review joke albums or just like albums that are infamous that we review in like a, a joking way. I don't know. We'll we'll workshop it. We'll we'll reconvene. That was my first choice. That was my first choice. Yeah. So. Did I? Did I'm hacking up a fucking lung. I'm gonna have to cut so many of those out. <laughs> Yes. Let's start with this album. I feel like we. Yeah. Let's just. Yeah. Let's just start with the Fifty Cent one, man. Let's keep it fresh. Let's keep it going. Uh, do you have any any opening remarks? Yeah.
I don't think it's before the time of 808s. The 808s from like the 80s. <laughs> yeah, the 808 was like a drum machine that became popular because it was uh, really cheap in secondhand stores. That's a thank. Huh. Yeah. That was a really roundabout way to say it was 2003. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. So, okay, so, so general thoughts, just to kind of organize myself. Weirdly, I kind of felt like parts of this album reminded me of the first three that we've done. Because um, I think if you look at Get Rich or Die Tryin', I think that it has a lot of that same kind of and granted, they're from different eras, but, you know, reminds me of the Busta Rhymes album in the sense that it's very focused on 50 Cent. I don't think anyone really, like, listens to this album for the production alone. There are songs that are very well produced, but not like not like people listen to shit just because Metro Boomin's on it now, you know? So it has that very kind of old school, like, MC first kind of stature to it. It reminds me of the Travis Scott album. This one's probably the least solid, but it reminds me of the Travis Scott album in the sense that I think that this is another album that flows very well, almost too well at times. I think that a lot of the songs have a very similar tone, uh, which helps it to kind of not be super jarring, like from an audio perspective. But at the same time, uh, excuse me, same time you kind of get that little wayne thing where lyrically it kind of just swings back and forth between ultra serious to very lighthearted to personal anecdotes to just pure braggadocio <laughs> to to use the widest possible term uh yeah Yeah, people bought albums back then. Right. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, for right.
Oh shit, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. You know, I am from the, the blood-soaked streets of north of Dayton, Ohio. And by north of Dayton, I mean north enough that it's in a different county. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so just to, I guess to go in order, I don't have too many comments on specific songs, kind of for that same, uh... Kind of for that same reason of just, like, things flowing together really nicely. So I think that it's more of a compliment in this case than it was for the Travis Scott album. Um, so I guess to start off with, the songs that I had heard going into this were What Up Gangsta, Into Club, P.I.M.P., 21 Questions, and probably Wangsta, if you just count it from being an 8 Mile. So What Up Gangsta, heard it before, whatever, kind of forgot it. Yeah, so it's like lightly nostalgic, but not really all that crazy. And then you go into like Patiently Waiting and Many Men, and the album in general is a lot more melodic than what I was expecting. Not that it's got super huge crazy hooks, but for it being an album that is so rooted in like telling the story specifically of what had just happened, I, I think that it is commendable that there is still enough space to kind of just catch the beat, not have to be too bogged down with like massive paragraphs, and you still kind of get like enough of a of a swing to it, enough of like a hook being used throughout that it, it kind of keeps it moving. Um, the the Eminem feet, yep. Yeah. Like, the chorus of Many Men is a very good example of, like, just rapping enough. Yeah. Um, and go ahead and pin that idea for me. It's funny you bring that up because when we talk about architects later, I think it's it's it'll be funny to draw the parallel there of not quite singing. Because <laughs> I think if you if you kind of I don't know how much you picked up on that during the album, but Sam Carter of Architects is a very it's wildly different, but it can be described very similar of like pushing it enough to where it's like almost singing. So you don't like quite lose the the thread of of what came before it, but it still hits that kind of chorus itch. Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting comparison. We'll, we'll come back to that though. So uh, patiently waiting, um, you know, it's fine. Didn't stand out either way. Um, I liked it, but it, you know, it just wasn't. I think it being sandwiched between the two songs that it is, it didn't stand out too much. Um, and it, it's also something that will happen again later with the other Eminem feature where I think that it kind of becomes too much Eminem when he shows up, you know, 
feels a bit like it's two songs kind of smashed together for that reason. Um, but not bad. Uh, I think Many Men is, is where the, the album first... That's where I first was like, oh shit, I'm actually going to enjoy this the whole way through. Because, you know, you look at it, it's 20 songs. You're like, oh fuck, how long is this going to take? But Many Men hits, I'm like, okay, this is actually going to be... It's going to be more than just, like, singles with some filler. Like, the songs that I've never heard anyone even mention are of the quality of Many Men. Then, like, fuck, we're good. Um, and that's... Yeah, well, it's interesting, because when he shows up, it becomes very much like the Eminem show. But it it feels like it's a feature that he just kind of took too too long, you know? It it doesn't... It doesn't... Okay, like, if you didn't know that Eminem was as heavily involved in this album as he was, I don't think you would pick up on that from the feature, you know? Like, it doesn't feel like he's, like, doing it just to make sure the album sells well. Like, it does still feel like a feature, it just is a bit longer than what I would have expected. I'm tempted to say don't push me just because there's another feature on that album or on that song too. So it's more of that like rotational thing. Right. Just, just around, yeah. Least favorite song. Which was the one that I fucking... Hold up. Let me click through them real quick, because there was one that I, I... There was only one that I skipped. Um, I think it might have been... Uh, I think it was Heat. It was the only one that I skipped, just because the shotgun pump sample just got a bit repetitive. Um, but really none of them were that bad. There were some that just like, there's some that just didn't, yeah, right. Um, yeah, exactly. Nothing really egregious. And even Heat, I skipped it the second time. I didn't, I, you know, I finished it the first time, right? So nothing super, super egregious. Um, and I think that middle section of the album is probably the most, the best example of like it just really kind of flowing. Cause I mean, when I would listen to it, I think I got through it like three times, three, four times. After Many Men, and then Into Club, just because I know Into Club, and it's hilarious. Um, and High All the Time, also hysterical. Uh, after that, like, I blink, and I'm at 21 questions, you know? Yeah. 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 Right. Or it, it, it actually PIMP would be the last A side because the intro. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, the, the B-side's definitely... Except uh, the B-side does have the best song on the album. 
21 Questions, that song fucking rules. I lo- I, I've always liked that song. I never knew it was fucking 50 Cent. I thought it was just Nate Dogg. Yeah. Because uh, Kellen used to play it all the time freshman year. So I love that fucking song, but... Fucking R.I.P. man, R.I.P. Alright, so yeah, what? Like, what you say? That's it. What you're saying? No. Yeah, it's weird because I can rate this album different ways depending on what you give me. I think. If I was a music critic in 2003, like an 8 or a 9, easily. Uh, I think music critic now, if you were doing like a weird like look back thing, I think it still holds up. I mean, I think um, especially the production, not just like the beat making, but like literally like whoever recorded 50 in the booth, it holds up really well for that reason. Like it just, it's it's got a clarity that... You know, because it's 2003 and not like 95, like it just holds up better implicitly. So I, I think it's, you know, object, not objectively, but like from a critic standpoint, I think the album holds up really well. I think it would be rated really highly. I rate it pretty high among the ones that I've heard, like for this show. Um, and I might throw it on if I'm just kind of like feeling this specific kind of vibe, but it just doesn't. No, there's nothing pulling me to the album itself other than the singles. Um, but I think that's just me not listening to rap that much, you know? I think if you if you go, you know, if you flash forward to a point where I'm listening to rap consistently, like I, I do with the other music I'm listening to, then I definitely will start to pull. I'll, I'll remember this album, and I'll pull it more kind of into that rotation. Um, it's just that to get, to get from where I, I'm usually listening to Get Rich or Die Trying is a bit of a jump. Um, but I, I do like it. I do think that I'll kind of pull it up because it, you know, it, it's a good album to drive around to. Yeah. So before that, like, yeah, I'll throw it back on, you know, lived up to the hype. Um, I would say that it, it definitely lived up. Yeah, I, I don't even have any caveats that I would say it absolutely lived up the hype because I was going into it expecting expecting the singles to hold up remarkably and everything else to be like cute and hilariously 2003. And it wasn't. It was all much higher quality than what I was expecting um, from the, the kind of technical side of the production to the more kind of uh, intangible things just with the performances and the lyrics. So, yeah, I'm very pleasantly surprised. This is a... Uh, this is the one that I was the most surprised by because I put off listening to this fucking thing for like eight days. <laughs> I heard it for the first time on Saturday. <laughs> nah, man, I have so much time to listen to music and I was like, I could do 50 Cent and I was like, I won't. <laughs> yeah, and then I... Yeah, because I, I put it on because I had like a long drive into downtown on Saturday. I was like, oh, fuck, I put this off for way too long. 
Because I, dude, I expected 20 tracks of Candy Shop. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. So I expected like 20 Candy Shops, and then I got zero Candy Shops, and I got to realize what song it was. Like, I got to realize what song 21 Questions was. It's like, oh, fuck. Something kicks ass. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. It's like uh it's like the Black Sabbath it's like the Black Sabbath self titled. I don't know, I didn't Yeah. No, I mean I I definitely kinda get that. It does have that kind of monolithic stature to it. Oh, yeah, we can... Not really. I mean, I, I feel bad because it's... Again, it's one of those albums that just kind of has more of like a consistent tone to it. But I think that's just the, the best thing I could say about it is that it's... Or varied. It just, it just needs to be varied, you know? Right, like with... with Carter 3, it's like each track has one thing that surprised me and was good, or one reason I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, whereas like this, it's like, oh fuck, it just like, it hits, and then it just maintains, and then it's over, and it's surprisingly very, very solid. So, I'm ready to shift gears. If you, you want to jump on over to Architects, all our gods have abandoned us. Oh, hope is a prison. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm saying it as a bit, and I said it before I heard this album. Tom Searle is like yelling at God because he's dying. <laughs> like, like not to not to jump into the you know the background and the heavy, emotionally heavy stuff too early, but like, I don't really know that I can claim <laughs> that we're on the same page. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, they, I think if you had to describe the lyrics on this specific album concisely, I mean, it just, it just does not pull any punches. There are some lines on this thing that, like, every time I hear it still just give me pause.
Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd take a leap of faith, but I'd lose my nerve. So, if I can, if I can interject real quickly, I do think it's interesting. I think he picked up on a lot of what makes his album so special for a lot of people. I, I think when we jump into the songs, and you know, we can start with nihilist. I'd say we start with nihilist because I think if you, if you trace from from nihilist through to the end of the album the themes are very similar but the scope just continuously gets smaller you know i mean you trace from nihilist it's very kind of uh misanthropic it's very yeah, it's expressing frustration just with the world in general and society you know widespread greed all these sorts of things and then to end with memento mori which is so introspective and personal, I, I think is an interesting kind of through line. But yeah, so what do you think of, of Nihilus turning the album on for the first time? Dude, it's unreal. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting observation. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that is that is interesting to think about the abruptness. Um, was yeah. So so what stood out to you then that that made you realize like I need to stop what I'm doing and just 
listen to this the first time. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about with the 50 thing. Yeah, is it's like Sam Carter has this insane, like, whatever he's doing to get his screaming tone is so similar to his singing that he just can just push it to any point on that spectrum. And it's so incredible to see him, like, flow between those two. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, yeah. Dude, to have that bridge, the first time you hear that bridge, it just, like, stops everything and just commands your attention. And I think it makes it so insane at the end of the song when they bring it back and then add on the fourth line. Yeah, wild. Yeah, no, I mean it's, it's it's heavy, and it's kind of what I was talking about earlier with like the, the scope starting so wide. You know, I mean, almost being the. This is kind of baby's first analysis, but this being like the anger stage of the grieving process. Um, I don't think that that's really the, the thread, but I mean it is just interesting to start, so outwardly angry, you know, such a wide scope. And then to end so mournful and kind of introspective uh, is interesting. Yeah, I think that this 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 song is awesome. It is crazy to me that this wasn't a single, um, and I think that this just it works very well as a song. It works very well as the opener. Um, that that line "Black Water at the Gates of Heaven" like always catches me. Um, Yeah. Uh, no, I, th I think the I think the person you know singular is just kind of the world in general. I mean, it's it's very much about mankind waging war 
and the widespread greed. I mean, that's the the whole kind of four line thing that sorry, son, but we destroyed your home. We murdered your family. Now you're on your own. Collateral damage face down in the sand. Watch the dominoes fall. It's all just part of the plan. I don't believe so. I mean, they, he started the band when he was really young, so I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I think that that is some of the people could find to, to resonate. But yeah, no, T Tom was not in the military. I think the match bait in heaven part is more of just like uh, I don't know. I I don't know that it's that literal. I think the name of the song is kind of more like uh, you ever hear you ever hear someone say to someone who's in like kind of a bad relationship like uh, you deserve each other. I think it's more just like. Yeah, exactly. That song kicks ass too. That song's awesome. Yeah, we can get into Memento Mori. Um, before we do, I want to jump back a little bit and go, what did you think of Gone with the Wind? Yeah, no, I think that this is definitely like the standout song from this album. Definitely like the most popular one. Yeah, it it it's I think this album in general, but definitely this song is the Yes, I think that this album in general, especially this song though, is I think I can't think of anything newer, but I think this might be the newest album that everyone just agrees is a classic. It's only four years old, but everyone's like, Yeah, this album's it just like is known. Everyone's tired of talking about it. Because this album's so good, but it's just, like, expected. Is it the sickness with no remedy part? Yeah. Yeah, dude.
Yeah. No, I mean, th this this song, I think, is... I mean, this song's so insanely well-written that I, I think that you don't need the context for this one to, to hit. But I, I do think this song, like, with the full context of the album, this song is, like, so devastating. Yeah. Yeah, uh, his brother's the drummer, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's I think it's important to kind of remember that especially for metal bands being relatively small in like the music scene like yes his his twin brother is the drummer but i mean like the the rest of the main band members like lived in a van with this guy for like they their first album came out in 2005 like 11 years they've been a band at this point yeah so the album comes out in 2016 and he passed away i think Sometime in the fall. Yeah, and, and for for reference, so the, the video that I sent you is a video of the band playing this song at Alexandria Palace, uh, the, the tour they did in England after the album came out. Um, and it's an edited video where they, they cut in Dan, uh, kind of his speech that he gave before the song was played. Um, and, and, you know, I sent you the video partly for the context of the album, but really the, the reason I sent it is, if you remember in the first episode, I kind of talked about there being these moments, these touchstones that kind of have a lot of meaning or, or kind of mean something different to fans of this kind of music. And that's like one of the best ones that I can think of, of, of being so emotional for people who have the context, but you know, maybe not quite having the same effect for other people. So that, that was kind of also the reason why I had sent it to you is because I know that it affected me the first time that I saw it, having heard the album and just kind of wanted to, to share that as part of your perception of the album. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome to hear. Because, I mean, like I said, this is one of the ones that, like, everyone agrees is a fucking classic. Uh, we, we said a... 
so we, I think I think a lot of what we said about Gone with the Wind can apply to Memento Mori. So let's let's hit Memento Mori, but um, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of what I said for Gone with the Wind can go for the Mori as well. But I think like son like yeah, sonically this this song is insane, and it's like eight minutes, and it just it's so good. It it just the way that it it will build and release and then kind of go quiet again, and it will kind of build again, like and the the samples that they use, which are from some philosopher speaking, like the 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 phrase in there about like not fighting the stream and just swimming with it, being slotted right in the middle is amazing. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I think, yeah, it's certainly like an interesting thing because there's so many examples you can think of of a similar situation happening, but we don't have this album. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I think it's uh it is a a rare circumstance and I, I think that is Yeah, I I think that as heavy as the whole situation is it, it, it you can still be glad that the art was able to be created, you know, in the way that he had wanted to. Um and I think I don't know eh I'm not even going to say it cuz I can't confirm it, but I do know that there was at least one song that was left partially finished that was finished by the band and then Dan, Tom's twin brother, wrote the lyrics and that became Doomsday, which I believe you've heard. Yeah. So they, they released Doomsday like a year after the album came out, not even as part of a new album push, just as a way for Dan to kind of express his feelings.
Yeah, I mean, uh, any songs on here that you, you know, any other songs you want to call out? Anything that wasn't really to your liking or just, you know, maybe just didn't stand out as much? Yeah, but I shit all over Carter 3, so go for it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, sometimes like the just sometimes there's like no good way to order the album if you have a song that's as fucking strong as Nihilist. Where are you gonna put it, you know? <laughs> The Empty Hourglass is fine, but the fact that it keeps me... The fact that it's in between Gone with the Wind and Match Made in Heaven... Like, any song you put there, I'm not gonna like. Right. Yeah, well, hey, I'm glad you liked it. Let's get into what we're doing for next week. D did you have any thoughts on this? or? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't have anything, like, in the chamber, but depending on what your reaction was to this one, I think I was going to kind of tool it. So overall, just purely musically, you liked the sound of this album? Was, was there anything on this album that they did that you didn't like as much? Okay. Okay. So we can go further down that path. Or we can, if there was an album you listened to, one of the first three, I can expand upon those. Was, was there any of the four you want me to kind of push further down that road? That is what? You mean like literally hardcore lean? Okay, okay. Yeah, post-hardcore is another genre, but I mean, like, hardcore, okay, because, like, when people say hardcore who don't listen to hardcore music, they just mean, like, heavy intense. Okay, yeah, you mean, like, hardcore, okay. Um, so, Counterparts is probably the most hardcore that we've done, more melodic hardcore. I can give you an album that's just ass beaters. <laughs>
REM, Jesus Christ. Dude, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> DRI. Yeah, the issue is that I... Yeah. The issue is that, like, I don't know a lot of that stuff, like, whole album-wise, you know? Um... So how, 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 okay. Okay. So then I got, I got two options for you. The first is we can do an album that is a, an actual classic from 1990. One of my dad's favorite bands, if that's the vibe you're going for, that's going to be not even really hardcore. It's going to be way back like thrashy. Or we can do an album from a band that started in the late nineties. They are very well respected their sound has like never changed it's more hardcore leaning but it is still kind of in that metalcore sphere um and we could even do uh their newest album because their sound has been so consistent okay it's really what i was hoping you were going for because i wanted to do this one anyway we're gonna do low teens by every time i die it's every time i die day baby yeah, like low teens, yeah. Every time I die. Yep. Uh, it's it's literally only in the city of Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, yeah. Um, I think only the deluxe edition's on Spotify. So if you want, you can skip the last two tracks. But, like, it's not that long. Like... <laughs> I liked it. I don't know that I would do another one right away from that era. If there's something you're thinking of that has like that kind of sound progressed to the modern age, that would be cool. Or I'd like to go way different. But again, you know, if you got something like uh, like that Busta Rhymes album where it's like that style but newer, I'd do that too. Okay. All right, dude. Let's do this. Let's do this Rorschach test. Uh, I've <laughs> I've heard like whatever that one big song off of Acid Rap is, and then I've heard the I Love My Wife album. I don't know that I've heard any Mac Miller that wasn't from his Chody College rap days. Hey, man. Kid Cuddy. Um, I think actual Kid Cuddy, like not shit that he's been featured on, I think just day and night.
Dude, is Mac Miller's first album 2010? Jesus. And he used... Oh, that's right, because it's got the... Because it's yeah, that's right. Because it's kids, like the the movie about AIDS. And it the same logo. I swear to God, it's the same. I I swear to God, it's the same logo. Yeah, dude, it's literally the fucking dude. It's literally the same logo as the nineteen ninety five movie Kids about AIDS. Swear to God. <laughs> Nah, dude, it's it's literally that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like that's gotta be. That, yeah, that's the reference. It's gotta like, Is that your favorite Mac Miller album? Well then, yeah, but like I don't I don't want to I don't need to do the I don't need to do the uh Yeah, I don't know, man. That's... Okay. Yeah, Pursuit of Happiness, I've heard. Okay. And that's Man on the Moon, End of Day, right? Okay. Alright, yeah, fuck it. I'll do that one. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um... Oh, dude, speaking of concluding arcs, because I, I didn't actually, uh, I, I don't think I mentioned what I've been listening to this week. Uh, the second half of a double album came out, I think, December 4th, band called Before I Turn. That album kicks ass. Um, just want to give that like a quick shout out. Uh they released the first half earlier this year, and I think every single song off the first half was in my top uh, songs for the year. Released the second half. Second half's also sick. Um, they did a cool thing where it's not just like A-side, B-side. Like when they released the second half, they just combined the two albums, and it's like kind of feathered in, so it's not quite the same order. Um, it's cool. But you talk about concluding a story arc. This is another band that we're going to have to I don't know if you'll. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but hopefully, there's a band called the Gloom in the Corner. They're from Australia. Every single one of their songs 
feeds into this like insane huge narrative that the vocalist has been crafting for like five years and they released like the last chapter at the beginning of november and that kicks ass but it just reminded me of it just with the whole like long story thing but yeah like literally every song they have like feeds into this narrative but <laughs> oh shit no <laughs> not even fucking kind of dude at this point at this point the ghost inside I think is gonna beat them like I think they're gonna take longer than the ghost inside did actually they ooh, hold up you know what oh god Oh god. Oh god, oh dear. Um, hold up. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus. Uh, if we make it to... If we make it to one year past the Ghost Inside self-titled, which I think is like June, if we make it to, if we make it to June 12th next year, then the Ghost Inside beat them. <laughs> Cause like, dude, that's set to stun album come out in 2015. They all got, they all got other jobs. Like I think Damien's like a pastor or some shit, which isn't that wild. <laughs> all right, I will, I will, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting Journeys of Moon Man. Patiently waiting. <laughs> 